When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I don't know how to intro it. Maybe I should intro it by not knowing how to intro it and this would be the intro. Oh, there we go. This isn't my intro, by the way. I'm just like <laughs> genuinely asking you. We're not... Restarting it. Um, okay, okay. No, no. We're all good. Keep the recording going because this will be a laugh for Ollie on the bloopers. <laughs> to the Cuts of the Race podcast, and you're probably thinking right now, where's the little Cockney man gone? This isn't the usual southern tones that we're used to. Well, he's not here tonight, and I'm hosting. I'm Callum. Welcome along. We have with us tonight, Bridge. How are you, mate? I'm all good, mate. I'm all good. I'm still recovering from Sunday, but uh, but yeah, I'm all good. Yeah, Sunday was very dramatic, and we'll get into that soon. Abby, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Very much like Bridge, still recovering from what happened at the weekend. Cool. Cool. Well then, let's get straight into it. Quali, Saturday. What are your guys' thoughts? I mean, what, Bridge? what a lap from Max. What a lap yeah. from Max. Every, you know, Lewis was the, the number one guy all weekend, apart from, obviously, FP1. And uh, he got a little bit of help from Checo, didn't he? And obviously he got help from Checo later in the weekend as well. But uh, we'll come on to that. But um, Yeah, I mean, but, what, yeah, what were your that. guys' thoughts on the fact that Red Bull were clearly working as a team this whole weekend? And this was clear to see in the race as well. But we'll stick with Quali for now. Perez marks the toe. Bottas, nowhere to be seen for Hamilton. I mean, it was... I don't want to say that Lewis was being kind of big-headed and, you know, I want to do this myself. But the evidence kind of points that way. I, I mean, why wouldn't you? Your, your rival, your main rival has said, you know, I need help, give me a toe, and is now, what was he, five-tenths up at the end. And then you've gone, nah, leave Valtteri there. I don't, I don't need Valtteri. I'm going to do this myself. And then ended up, you know, three-tenths behind, I think was the end, was the end one. So... 
Yeah, I mean, with the toe, Max put in a stormer of a, of a lap. It was fantastic as a Max fan. Really appreciated that. Can't lie. <laughs> but why? Why? I still don't get it. Why? Why wouldn't Mercedes send ba- Bottas out? Bottas, Bottas out in front to give Lewis the toe. I don't understand that for one second. They've done it in the past. They've seen Red Bull doing it. Do you think maybe they wanted P2? Do you think maybe they wanted that side of the grid and this was the tactic? Do you think there was some gamesmanship going on? Abby, what are your thoughts, mate? I don't know. It's hard because Red Bull have been strategic all weekend. And to me, it seems like it would have been the logical choice for Hamilton to have gotten a tie from Bottas. But I'm not sure. I don't really know what Mercedes were thinking. Yeah, it's a strange one. But what I've just remembered as well, because bear in mind, guys, the listeners, we are recording on Tuesday due to some, you know, not knowing who actually won the championship at the end, which we'll get to. But yeah, we're recording on Tuesday. Now, what I've just remembered is the fact that Mercedes went for the mediums, as they usually do, as everyone usually does. But they were the only two cars and Sonoda who went for the mediums in the top 10 at the end of quali. Everyone else was on the softs. Why Why change this week? Why Why? Why do that? Honestly, honestly I don't know. I, again, I think it's maybe a little bit of mind games from, from you know, just trying to mess Red Bull up mentally. I, I, I'm not really sure. It, it was a, I think it was the right tyre. Well, it was the right tyre to go on um, for most of the race. You know, Lewis during the race was pulling out, you know, a, a, a decent gap every single lap uh, with their strategy, um, and obviously it helped Sonoda as well with his with his race, and he had a brilliant race on Sunday as well. So you know, you, you can't really blame them for <laughs> for their strategy. And I think going back to obviously um, why they qualified P two, I think it was because of that inside line. You know, they have that 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 advantage going into turn one. Um, and I and I think the Red Bull has been va- like he's, the, the starts haven't been there for Max the last five races anyway. So I think Lewis was confident that he could beat Max off the line and get the entry into Turn One fairly simply. So that's probably the reason why. And that's what happened, isn't it? You know, Quali fair enough. Max won. Oh, well, sorry, Max won. Max got pole, and he was three tenths up, but he was on the soft. So we all expected at the start of this race for Max Verstappen to just. Th- go. Abby, you've got a point there, mate. You've got your little hand up. What's going on? <laughs> One thing about Quali that as a McLaren fan, and specifically a Lando Norris fan, that I was very happy to see was Lando qualifying P3. That made me very happy to see that. Yeah. Yeah, that was good, that. Oh, he didn't do much with the race, did he? No, you know. No, he, he didn't. To, to be fair. I think all of the listeners will agree with me here when well, I think they'll forgive us for not really talking about many other people on the grid other than Lewis and Max after the weekends. I mean, um, it, was, it was all that the story was, wasn't it? But I that is a very to... good point. Lando P3. Yeah. What a drive from Lando on Saturday. Fantastic. Especially since Ricardo just got into Q3. He just managed to beat Alonso. Yeah. Yeah, he did. And I think... You know, once we do a, a major season review, we will look into why Ricardo and Norris have had, at times this season, quite a big gap. 
Huge gap, Grand Canyon-sized gap, like massive, monumental difference really, isn't there? Let's be honest. Yeah. But yeah, the race. Let's talk about the race. Now, everyone's thinking Max is on the softs, Norris is on the softs, Bottas is nowhere to be seen, as, you know, usual. And Hamilton's <laughs> on P2, but he's got the outside line. What's going to happen? Well, you know, on paper... Max storms off into the distance and we're all a bit disappointed that they haven't, you know, maybe made contact into turn one and it's just, you know, proceedings from there. That wasn't the case, was it, Bridge? It wasn't, no. I mean, Lewis, he's for the last few races, you know, he's been on form and he's had great starts, generally. And, um, yeah, he did it again in Abu Dhabi and then he continued, there was a bit of controversy in turn six, I think, where he... He did. He did skip the corner, and he didn't give the time back. But f- apart from that, he just drove off into the distance, didn't he? He just absolutely, you know, even with the defence from Checo mid race, just drove off into the distance. Yeah, that 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 incident in turn six was deemed so that like, like, for the listeners, if they can't remember, if they haven't seen the race, they went into turn six, and obviously. You know what's coming. Max makes a lunge down the inside. Lewis is about to turn in. All of a sudden, Max is there. This is usually what happens. But Lewis had to cut the corner. Now, when he cuts the corner, he goes in a straight line. It was deemed that it was Max's corner because Max actually stayed on track as well. He managed to get it round and go through the chicane. Now, Lewis drove in a straight line to cut the corner and just carried on. The stewards deemed that Lewis actually slowed down enough for Max to then, you know, gain the time that they had going into the corner. Red Bull disagreed, I must say, I disagree as well. Now, going forward, Lewis, as Bridges said, steams off into the distance. We're all watching it thinking, well, this is it, this is over. What's going to happen now? They pit Max... They carry on a little bit more. Lewis pits after the, the next lap. And then Perez is still out there on the softs, still going. When was it, lap 17, 18? When uh, Hamilton caught up to Perez? Yeah, oh, my then. God. Oh, my God. Sergio Perez, take a bow. What Battle an absolute defensive masterclass that was from Sergio Perez. And I genuinely mean that. He was a... Hero, or to quote the Red Bull team, an animal. Abby, what are your thoughts? It it was amazing to see, and because the rest of the race doesn't really have much of a battle, so that moment is one that I actually remember from the race. It stands out, and Perez was amazing at that point, defending Hamilton on the softs. It was amazing, and it was so tense at times when they got so close. I was sure that they were going to have contact. But they didn't, and Perez, like you said, was an animal. Yeah, it was... I'm I'm going to... We know we're not doing a season review, but I'm going to throw it out there as probably my favourite bit of on-track action this season. Purely because of the drama, the timing, the fact that Max was then brought back into play. Max gained eight seconds on Lewis Hamilton during Perez's defence. And what does Perez do? 
gets out of Max's way, concedes the the corner, gives Max the position. Max is within one and a half to two seconds. I don't know the exact time of Lewis Hamilton again. And the race is back on all of a sudden. Fantastic. Perez then pits. Fair play, Perez. You've done your job for the day, mate. But where's Bottas from Mercedes? He's somewhere in P8, P7, somewhere back there, you know. You'd think he put a bit of effort in on his last race, but, you know. Go on, Bridge. I mean, it's hard to make a case for Bottas. You know, all the Bottas fans out there who say he is a, you know, a tremendous talent, and I think he is a tremendous talent, but he didn't show up for Mercedes today. You know, on, on Sunday, he didn't show up, you know, and for such a crucial point in the season as well. You know, as much as Lewis probably doesn't want to admit it, he did need help. You know, it was two against one on Sunday and he needed Bottas there and he wasn't there. Was was Bottas told to hang back a little bit? Who knows? Who knows? But what, well, That's an interesting sort of thought there, Bridge. Was he told to stay out of the way? Was he told to let Lewis go out there and do it on his own and make it all about Lewis? I don't believe they'd do that. I don't believe Mercedes are the team to take that risk. With Lewis. Even if it is Lewis Hamilton, seven-time world champion, I think they'd say, no, Bottas will be there with you, making sure you win this race. He he, he wasn't, and he, he was nowhere near it, which is weird. It, it seemed a bit weird. It, it Something doesn't sit right with me there. I think you may be onto something, Bridge, but that would be very, very out of character for Mercedes. Abby, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I don't think Mercedes would have said to Bottas, like, let Lewis do it on his own and that. I think they are a team that is big on teamwork. We've seen in the past that Bottas has helped Lewis a lot of the time. But it just wasn't his race. I don't know where he was. I don't know what happened during the race for him. But it just wasn't his race that day. If if I'm putting my opinion across, I think he was awful. It was one of the... The worst races I've actually seen Bottas have. He was just nowhere at any point during the race did he look a threat to anybody. And he didn't... The fastest car. That's not good. I mean, he got passed by Sonoda, didn't he, on the last lap? Whilst we were watching the front runners, he got passed by a rookie in an AlphaTauri. I wish I'd have seen that a little bit. That would have been... You know, that would have made my day a little bit more. If you've seen the move, it wasn't that hard of a move either it's like Valtteri kind of moved out of the way and was like have it <laughs> that would sum up Bottas's Mercedes career for me is there you go have it that's the perfect sentence to sum up Bottas's time at Mercedes I think and how's Lewis doing yeah is Lewis okay is he winning good <laughs> good coffee He's after never- Toto yeah cheers oh thanks Nice. We're never getting him on this podcast, are we? Um, no. no, I think I've ruined that one. First time hosting, and I think I've killed the, the Bottas interview already. Sorry, guys. Anyway, what we're going to do now is to take a very, very short break, and we will be back to discuss Lewis versus Max and the finale of the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, the finale of the 2021 season. See you in a minute. Support for the Cut to the Race podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming champions of the world. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawmower 4.0. You heard it right, the 4.0! 
Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. With this exclusive offer just for Formula Nerds listeners, 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code FORMULANERDS at manscaped.com. That's code FORMULANERDS at manscaped.com. And welcome back. Do you like my radio voice? I think my radio voice as a host is pretty good. I'm trying to be like Ollie with my southern accent. We're back. And I think we're about to discuss the end of the race, where I think probably the most dramatic moment in the 70 years of F1, maybe, would you say, guys? I think that's fair to say. I think you hit the nail on the head there, mate. 70 years of F1, I don't think we've ever seen anything that drama-filled. You know, the last lap of the last race, both both leaders of the championship at the front of the pack, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't exactly fair. I'll, I'll point out it wasn't exactly fair, but it was just an incredible spectacle to watch. Abby? Yeah, I'd agree. I've never seen anything like it in the history of F1, really. And it was... Very tense and very dramatic. I think you're right. I'd say tense and dramatic were two very, you know, good words to describe what happened. So let's get into it. Let's, you know, unfold the, the gift that was the last lap of the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. What happened to kick it all off? Well, I'll tell you. Nicholas Latifi binned it, put it in the wall. What happens from there? Safety car comes out. We've only got four or five laps to go at this point. Obviously, everyone's scrambling. Everyone's like, oh, God, what's going to happen? Max Pitts, he changes his hards for softs. He's thinking, right, I'm going for it now. This is my last chance, my last, last, last chance to win this championship. I'm taking it, putting the softs on. Lewis stays out on old hards. Probably not the best choice, in my opinion, but Mercedes wanted trap position. Fair enough. What happens next, Bridge? I mean, the, the best lap in F1 history, but also the most controversial lap in F1 history. So the, the build-up behind the safety car, Michael Massey, the, ma- the man in the chair, as, I, as I've grown to call him, he, uh, he decides, you know what, the, I, I know what other people want to see. I wanna, we want to see the two title contenders, one lap, Winner takes all. And that's pretty much what happened. Um, Abby, I don't know if you want to discuss the controversies that went through. So, behind the safety cart, between Lewis and Max, I think there were five lapped cars. Now, Massey had said, none of the lapped cars are going to overtake and unlap themselves. And then Red Bull come onto the radio and say, we only need one lap. We only need one lap and we need a race That's what we want to see. Massey then changes his mind and only lets the five cars between the two title contenders unlap themselves. The safety car pulls in. Max and Lewis go for it. And the controversy is about those five cars and whether it was fair for Massey to let them unlap because not all of the lapped cars were allowed to overtake. I mean, my view on this is that live sport is never fair. No matter what sport you look at, it's never fair. And I've looked at the regulations today, and they say, and Red Bull looked at them as well, and the regulations say that 
the lapped cars, it's not mandatory for them to go through, but it is at the discretion of the race director, whatever, whatever Michael's Massey title is. So at his discretion and at the discretion of the entire F1 community, I think, because we all wanted to see that. We all wanted to see F1, F1 decided on the last lap. You know, Lewis fans are probably not that happy about it now, given the outcome. But in my mind, it was all it was all well. It was all fair and well in my mind. Um, Oof. Oh, it's bridge. a statement. I understand oh, it's a statement. Bridge. Wow. I'll tell you what. I've kept quiet on this part because I, I'll be honest. Two days later, I still don't know how I feel on it, but Bridge has made it a bit easier here. Whatever I say now doesn't look as bad as what he just said, so I'm going to go for it. <laughs> as a Max fan, I'm disappointed in the FIA in Michael Massey. I think the way it was handled, if I'm going to be brutally honest, I think Michael Massey absolutely crapped his pants, didn't know what to do, as we've seen in Saudi and previous races this year he is not a strong man he is a very spineless man and I th- I do believe that he's influenced by Red Bull Mercedes on the radio and I think he, he gets scared and makes decisions that he wouldn't normally make under no pressure but I'm not defending him there this is his job he should be able to handle that pressure and get it right did he get it right for me no, I don't think he did. I think if you're going to unlap cars, you unlap all of the cars. Now, I understand Bridges' point of view. They wanted a show. Fully understand that. Of course we wanted a show. Of course I wanted a show. I was the Max fan. But at the same time, you unlap all the cars or none of the cars. At the end of the day, the cars in front of Max would have been blue flagged and they would have had to move out of the way. And if all the 20 cars that were unlapping themselves, not 20, 18 cars that were unlapping themselves, did go through, then we wouldn't have seen a last lap of racing. For me, it should have been red flagged. It should have red flagged it, let both cars change the tyres, and just go from there. Stand in start for three laps. Just go for it on the softs, see what happens. I think everyone... Hamilton fans included, would have preferred that result. There's nothing anyone could have done about Nicholas Latifi losing all talent in in the corner and just binning it. Now, red flag it, Michael. I know you said beforehand you weren't going to, but, you know, do it anyway. It would have been a lot better than the decision you chose, mate, and I think now you're going to lose your job, so... What an idiot you are. As you can probably tell from the controversy of the conversation, they restarted, Lewis was in front, the five cars had gone through, Max is just behind on softs. Lewis is on old hards. Bear in mind as well, there's no DRS. So what's going to happen, guys? (laughs) What's going to happen? Max is on softs, Lewis is on hards. Let's, I mean, let's see, Lewis got, let's see Lewis if Bridge can get it. Lewis got torched, didn't he? Absolutely torched. But he I do did. have... He did. I, I do have a little bit of a have a go at Lewis moment. In all the races 
in all in you know in this great season we've had one thing has remained constant when every single battle between Lewis and Max has gone on Max has always gone down the inside where possible now I don't know if it was because of the tires but on that corner where Max took the lead why didn't Lewis make it just a little bit harder was he afraid of Max sending it and clouting him out the way because if if that was the case if that was the case I mean you know if Max clouted Lewis out of the way and then went on to win the chat this title would mean nothing but the fact that Lewis did not place his car where he knew Max would dive into you know he, you've raced the guy for 22 races you know where he's going to come so the fact that he didn't place his car there and effectively let Max pass on that on that corner, you know, it, it, it starts some questions in my head. But um, but yeah, I I understand your your point of view there, but I don't think it was quite as clear cut as Lewis let him pass. I think that's a very strong statement. I mean, yeah, okay, again, <laughs> letting him pass maybe wasn't the best choice of words, but. He he made it easier than he than he could have. Yeah, but I think what was going through Lewis's mind was still he was in shock of of the situation that he'd been handed, the unfair deal he'd been dealt, considering his position before the safety car. Um, and I think we've also got to take into account that he probably gambled on Max going straight through the corner, locking up and just going straight through. And those softs wouldn't have been very warm at all. And um, I think that's part of the gamble. I think he thought, well, I can't touch him because then he goes through and wins. And if we both go out, he wins. The only thing I can do is hope that he goes through and bends it on his own. And that that is the cold, hard, realistic view on it because... He he had no choice. Like he was on old hards, and to be fair to Lewis, Max didn't just storm off down the straights. Lewis was there. You know he potentially could have made a riskier move. God, I can't think what turn number it was, but they were going in, and Lewis was on the outside. He probably could have had a bit more of a go, a bit more of a chew. But I think he wanted a good exit on the corner, so just didn't. He wanted to beat him with speed and not anything risky and there wasn't enough space to do it if there was another lap maybe two if it had been red flagged I think the result would be different and I, I think, think we so all agree well. on that and yeah, I think if we so. and again this is speaking as a Max fan if we base this on the race the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix forget about the rest of the season Lewis Hamilton deserved the race win Let, let's absolutely be, let's be honest there he was absolutely dominant he was superb and, you know, even I felt a little bit sorry for Lewis. Yes, I was cheering. Yes, I was jumping about. I was thrilled. And I was stood there watching it with two Hamilton fans and I felt great fear come over me when I saw their faces. But, you know, I'm here to tell this tale, so we're all good there. But Lewis deserved the win, if I'm being honest. And... What I will say in counter to that is that Max deserved the, the championship. As did Lewis. This is horrible. This is that happy you talk because I feel like <laughs> I'm just taking myself around in circles. Well, 
See, I'm a Hamilton fan, so I wanted to see him win the race. And yes, Max has had a superb season this season and he does deserve a championship. But I think the way in which he's got it from this Grand Prix, I feel like it's taken a bit of the credibility away from it because of all this controversy. And it wasn't... It's. I don't think it was fair how he got it. I think it should have been red flagged and both drivers should have had a fairer start and all the lap drivers behind Max as well. So uh, just to clear something up here, are you saying the credibility of Max's championship isn't quite there because of Michael Massey's decision? Yeah, well, Or because of how well Lewis performed? Well, I feel like the decision that Massey made has taken the spotlight away from Max and has turned it into this controversy, this drama that people aren't really focusing on him as a driver. On social media, loads of people are saying that Lewis has been robbed from the title, it's just been handed to Max. And I don't think it has just been handed to Max, but I feel like there could have been a better way for him to have gotten it based off of Massey's decision. Yeah, I agree. And you know what? I've got the perfect thing here. The championship Max deserved. That was not handed to him whatsoever. The Abu Dhabi Grand Prix win, handed. That was handed to him. There was two, three, four times where Max was gone and had no hope of winning this race. Perez, Michael Massey, Nicholas Satifi, he owes them all a nice big bottle of champagne because there's no way he was winning the championship without the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix and the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix was gifted to him. So, I understand Hamilton fans' frustration, but the real enemy here, and I, yeah, I do mean enemy, that is a strong word, but I do mean it, is Michael Massey and the FIA and the way they conducted themselves in this final Grand Prix. And I'd even say during the Saudi Grand Prix as well, it felt like, I'm not going to say anything was rigged, I'm not going to say anything was fixed, because I I love the sport and I never want to believe that is the case. But I can understand completely why people are saying that. And that's all I'll say on that. I think I, I do agree with you. And it feels as though the FIA are making it up as they go along. It feels like, it feels like they've got the rule book out on the desk and as soon as someone makes a mistake, they go, oh, sh- oh crap, what, what page is this? We've got to find, okay, the rule says this. Eh, I don't really agree with that. Okay, well, let's make something up. That's that's that feels like the kind of attitude they've adopted, especially in these last two races. Maybe it's because we haven't seen a title battle this intense, and they've forgotten how to steward, which is a bit harsh. But you know, we haven't had anything this intense in F one in a while, so maybe that plays into it. But who knows? Yeah, I, I can. Yeah. I think you're right. And I think, like I said before, Michael Massey's just spineless and lost all control of the race. I think as soon as Toto was in one ear and Christian's in the other and he's there going, Christian, give me a minute, please, mate. And he's just sorting something out. Like, grow some balls, mate. Tell Christian to go away. Do you know what I mean? It's the last lap. Tell him to go away. You're in charge. Grow some balls, basically. Um, What I do want to say as well is that a lot of people are theorising that Abu Dhabi Grand Prix just isn't spicy enough, isn't good enough just to to be that finale. Usually the title's wrapped up and it's just a a parade. 
is a parade for F1 to come and finish at. And very rarely have we seen the actual title decider at Abu Dhabi. And the track just isn't good enough for that. Like it's, it's just for the show, for the circus that is F1, it, it's not a good look. And I think people have been theorising on Twitter, I've seen, I'm not naming any names, but they're theorising that, you know, maybe Michael Massey was the circus conductor, if you like, and he was sort of saying, no, this needs a more dramatic ending. He's like a theatre production guy, and he's just like, this nah, This needs more, this needs more. And he's doing jazz hands in his little box and stuff, and then next thing you know, there's a safety car, there's no red flag, cars are unlapping themselves that shouldn't be, and there you go, you've got your final lap showdown. He's got a big check in his back pocket and all, probably, from that. But this is what people are theorising on Twitter. And you can completely understand why they're saying it. You can. Because it's awful what's happened. It really is. But Max is champion and he does deserve it. So It's, it's going to make one hell of a movie. That's all I'll say. It's going to make one hell of a movie in 40 years. But, yeah. Yeah, Drive to Survive next year will definitely be interesting with all the controversy over this season. So Yeah, Drive to Survive is going to be the best it's ever been and I think they'll probably cancel it after this season because it's not going to get much better either to be honest with you so yeah that's where we're at what happened after the race though currently as it stands in this conversation Max Verstappen's champion we've had all this controversy in the race and Max Verstappen's champion but then you know rightly so Mercedes get the old rule book out and run up to the steward's office and start appealing stuff, don't they? What happened there? I mean, I would have done the exact same thing, to be fair. You know, you've just lost the world championship. It's controversial. You've got to at least try and appeal it, haven't you, at, at this point? Um, getting a barrister involved may be a little bit over the top, but hey-ho. Um, is, it, is it over the top when there's millions of pounds involved? For your company, but they've won. They won the constructors, which is the that the is the financial is bit. The constructors, I agree. That is but that is the financial bit for the branding of the team. Red Bull have won out for the branding because no one cares about the constructors really as fans. It's only the die-hard, die-hard fans that really care about the constructors. Everyone, even Christian Horner, said it the other week. Everyone just cares about the drivers. No one remembers that Mercedes won the constructors in twenty twenty one. They all remember that Max Verstappen won the championship. What was he driving? A Red Bull. Being an eight-time being an eight-time constructor world champion, though eight in a row now. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. impressive. I, I think yeah. that will go forgotten because Max won. Which is a shame for Mercedes. It is, but we're going to have to wrap this up shortly. The end of the day, and it was literally the end of the day, because <laughs> this was like four, four and a half hours after the race it came out that the FIA had dismissed Mercedes' appeals and Max was confirmed as world champion. Well done, Max. What's happening now is they're thinking about lodging another appeal. They've sort of stated their intent to lodge another appeal. I believe they have until Thursday. It's now Tuesday. We still haven't heard anything on it. As far as I know, up to this point while we're recording, it could have broken. I don't know. But on Thursday is the gala where Max will be presented with the the, the big trophy, 
fancy the fancy trophy, the fanciest of the year, which is the World Championship trophy. And, uh, you know, that will all be concrete then. Bridge. Abby, I've got to ask you something, actually. As a Lewis Hamilton fan, mm. if Mercedes do come out and they say, OK, we're going to appeal it, and then they win the appeal and they give Lewis his eighth world title, do you think Lewis will honestly be like, oh, yay, eight world titles? Or do you think he'll properly celebrate it? Do you think he, he thinks, all right, drop it now? I think, I think Lewis would feel that he has been robbed during the race. However, I don't think that is how he would want to win his eighth world title. Winning his eighth world title is a big thing. It will make history and... For it to be done off track like that, I don't think that would settle right with him. But I think I think Mercedes are in the right to appeal because at the end of the day, they're a business with a legal contract with the FIA and the contract has been broken because not all the rules were followed. But I don't think Lewis would sit by and just accept it. And I don't think he should get it. I think Max is the champion this year. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Cool. So we're all agreed. Max is champion, as it stands. Mercedes are lodging maybe more appeals. There was a lot of controversy. There was a lot of things that went on that didn't feel right. But at the end of the day, what happened happened, and we can't change anything as fans. We can only voice our opinion. Come back in a little while. For the news of the week. It's going to be a strange week this week due to the delays of the news coming out after the race. We're going to mix our news from the Nerds podcast and our race review together tomorrow. So part two of this podcast is the news from the week and we'll probably get a little bit more of what's happened with Mercedes and the appeals, which is why we haven't gone into it too much now. But thank you, Bridge. No worries, mate. Happy to be here. Good, good. Abby, thank you very much for coming. Thank you for having me. No worries. And I think, I pray, Ollie will be back for the next one because this has been hard. I appreciate him so much more than I used to. I hate hosting. But thank you very much for listening and we will see you soon. Thank you very much. Support for the Cut to the Race podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming champions of the world. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's just launched their fourth generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard it right, the 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. With this exclusive offer just for Formula Nerds listeners, 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code FORMULANERDS at manscaped.com. That's code FORMULANERDS at manscaped.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.